0: Don't adjust that dial because you're listening to Summer
1: of Love for Time for Love. A special podcast event from two chunks and a hug.
2: We've got time for love we can make.
1: On wings
2: seen from Hello and welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your
1: chunk. I'm Doge and you know Pac-Man? Well, Pac-Man was originally called Puck-Man. They changed it because... Not because Pac-Man looks like a hockey puck. Paku-paku means hunk your mouth. And they were afraid people would change, scratch out the P and turn it into an F. Like,
2: And I'm Carter. <laughs> and if you want something bad, you have to fight for it. Step up your game, Scott. Break out the L word. Chunk? The other <laughs> L word. Chunkies? <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm, wow. Can
2: you tell the mm. word that I that I put in there? No, I actually thought
1: that was a real quote from the movie. Was it Scott? You you forgot to say it. That's wild. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just took a guess. That's crazy. Hey, Doge. You said hunk. Hey, I did. Would you tell us why you are the hunk? So I have stepped out of the sacred timeline. I have breached the containment protocols established by the TVA. And at the second that you're hearing my voice, I'm actually not speaking to you. I am on a plane if you're listening to this. one. Whoa. comes out i'm on a plane i'm flying to yosemite but i have a brief layover in the city of sin itself las vegas and so i wanted to let you guys know that i'll be taking our two chunks llc debit card and investing all of our podcast earnings uh in a foolproof <laughs> plan to triple them mm. I'm going to land and immediately start sinning in Vegas.
2: I have a and- guy that can guarantee the outcome to nearly any college basketball game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have a regular amount of podcast dollars <laughs> or a very small chance at an insane amount of podcast dollars? I'd take my chances, man. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what I'm doing as we speak. I'm, I'm in Las Vegas uh, in the airport, you know, where all the best gamblers hang out. You know, me and all the card sharks, we're actually there. Nobody's at the at the real part of Vegas. It's Dude, this actually explains airports. a lot because I was yeah? going
2: to ask why you've been wearing one of those clear green visors so much recently.
1: I'm trying to get used to it. I'm trying to blend in. I'm going to be really incognito. I'll be like those guys on the poker shows that you see on uh, ESPN three. I don't know yeah. what channel that comes on. Maybe Spike. Feels like Spike, right? I feels don't know like what Spike. Comes I don't on. know what Spike is, honestly, but it feels you don't like know Spike. What Spike
2: TV. Is? I mean, I've heard of it. I just don't. Oh, I you guess you're not a man. I don't know what it is. It has it has an appearance in this movie. It's TV for men. <laughs> TV for boys. <laughs> Enough, enough of that dumb TV that's not for boys. You tired of makeup <laughs> commercials
1: ruining your television? Spike Try TV Spike TV. We'll really show was, you a commercial like for that. a truck. It
2: was like that for sure.
1: Yeah. Was it? <laughs> but they also used to be the only channel that had the rights to play Star Wars on TV. And so Spike? I would only watch. I would only watch Spike TV. It was when Star Wars was still owned by 20th Century Fox. Mm. Uh, and I would, I would watch Spike TV once a year for the Star Wars marathons. Even though, even though I owned all of them. Sure. And then the commercials in the middle of Star Wars, it would be like,
2: no, that's impossible. And then it would cut away and it would be like, Axe body spray. Spray it up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> that was so Coach from uh, New Girl. <laughs> Oh man. (laughs) Turns out I do a pretty mean Damon Wayans Jr. Listen, I'm tired. Listen, video games, Zelda, I'm tired of not talking about this movie. It's the third movie in our Summer of Love series, um, voted on by you, the listener. And uh, the title of that movie is, of course, Scott Scott Pilgrim Pilgrim versus the the world? world. Uh, I'm. I need to talk about it. So, Doge, synopsify us, so we may enter into conversation.
1: Do you ever see? I mean, you guys don't typically mind the depths of IMDb's synopsises, but do you ever see a name where you're like, "That is not the name of a human; that has to be the name of a puppet." Like uh, a muppet-style like muppet ventriloquist. Yeah, puppet. yeah, yeah. I know. That this week's me. IMDb synopsis was written by Jim Beaver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim Beaver's IMDB username is presumably their email address. And it's jumblejim at emailprovider.net. Sorry, jungle or jumble? Jumble. Oh, man.
2: (laughs) Jumble
1: Jim Jim Beaver, the puppet. (laughs) Sure. Scott Pilgrim plays in a band which aspires to success. He dates Knives Chow, a high school girl five years younger, and he hasn't recovered from being dumped by his former girlfriend, now a success with her own band. When Scott falls for Ramona Flowers, he has trouble breaking up with Knives and tries to romance Ramona. As if juggling two women wasn't enough, Ramona comes with baggage, seven ex-lovers, with each of whom Scott must do battle to the death in order to win Ramona. Jumble Jim Beaver... Came ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Jumble, he sure. Did. Jumble
2: knows what he's up to.
1: <laughs> Maybe he chewed himself his own pencil. Out there out on the wood, jumble gym. You on the jumble
2: gym? You on a slide. <laughs> the slide? You're on slide. The uh, What else is around? The mummy ba- bars. The mummy on the mumbi bars. <laughs> the jumble gym. The slide. It was fun. Slide. You play some hopscotch. <laughs> hopscotch. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> hey, man, did you bring your barbels? You playing barbels? Some bats. If it were my elementary school time, we would get in trouble for trading Bokey Bob barbs. Bokey Bob barbs?
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow, hey,
1: this could be the whole episode.
2: Ooh, let's play, let's some, let's play some Breeze Tag.
1: Breeze Tag. <laughs> breeze Tag. <laughs> oh, man. Some, some Big Ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: let's get this out of the way, shall we? Yeah. Uh, don't date 17-year-olds. Nope. And that goes for everybody. Other 17-year-olds, <laughs> 15-year-olds, 22-year-olds. Just don't date 17-year-olds. Don't do but especially, it. look, I get it's Canada and the sensibilities are probably different. The laws might be different. It's probably okay there, legally speaking. But just don't date 17-year-olds. Um, in fact, honestly, my super dump is how tough it was for me to get past... <laughs> The fact that it's a twenty-two year old dating a seventeen year old, and to try and like Scott even a little bit, yeah, yeah, it, it's rough. I know, I know, guys. Canada probably's got different laws. I know some places in
1: America, a twenty-two year old can technically date a seventeen year old. They still they can't here. Don't in do the it. airport where I'm at, in the city of sin itself, you can date a seventeen year old. If you're seventy-one, that's actually Look, the only way you could date a seventeen year old. If it's reverse seventeen.
2: Just don't do it. But yeah, my super dump is that I forgot that that was an aspect of the story. It's been a little bit since I've watched this. And as soon as they said it, I was like, yeah, no. And yeah. so that was tough for me. Um, that was tough for me. I'll hold my super dump, even though it's kind of adjacent to this. Mine, but it is also adjacent to this. It's too long of a conversation to start like right at the beginning. I think yeah, it would be sure. a, a downer to jump straight into. I just it. figured it would be good with Scott Pilgrim versus the world to start with the disclaimer that yeah. Two Chunks and a Hunk doesn't think anyone... Including other 17 year olds should date 17 year olds. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, our opening uh when we had Universal and it was in bits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like, how often do you think movies do that now? And where do you think it started? Like where that where we kind of we take over because I know yeah, for play with our, I know yeah. for all yeah. of the nineties and early two thousands, for as long as Disney cartoons had just the Disney and the little star going over the top, that did yeah. not ever change. That never Tarzan, changed. Tarzan,
1: it did. Okay, and Tarzan, it did. Tarzan, it is. Tarzan, it's like a like cut into a tree. It's like wood. That's the ah, first time I remember okay. seeing it. Okay. It was okay. like okay. 98, mm-hmm. I think.
2: I feel like that's 20th Century Fox, idea. I feel like that's never touched. I feel like that's never changed. Yeah. I remember the Warner Brothers logo doing something fun for Harry Potter. Yeah, I think it did like a weird, I don't know. But like making it th- the theme. It was Waringardium Brotherosa. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that Oof. Um But yeah, I love the, from the beginning, the uh, just the bit of it already kind of puts you in. The Edgar Wright is really good at that. Letting you know yeah, exactly what
1: to expect and what to feel immediately. But he's so confident and consistent throughout the entire so movie with that. Movie. You know what I mean? So like always- with, So our second, both of the Edgar Wright movies we've talked about on this podcast, this one and Baby Driver, just know exactly what they are from the first frame to the last frame and they never apologize for it. They never say, okay, here's what I'm going to be. Just get on board. It's just, they are what they are the entire time. They yam what they yam.
2: They yam what they yam. yam. Edgar Wright, so I think I've seen every movie he's made. The thing with Edgar Wright is he is never sheepish about what he is doing. No. Like it just seems like he wakes up and is like, I just had an idea for a movie and it is perfect. So let's go ahead and make it. Yeah, like, let's just, just do it. Yeah. Like- he, so Edgar Wright is my super pump. Nice. Because yeah. Yeah. this is… I don't think I have ever experienced a director write love letters the way that Edgar Wright mm. writes love letters. And just write with… Yeah. He… Baby Driver is a love letter to like heists and action uh, you know, uh, Shaun of the Dead is obviously a love letter to zombie movies. Yeah, this is a love letter to video games. He's about to do a love letter to Pop horror Fuzz movies. Is kind of like Die Hard and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, for sure. He yeah. just there's yeah. these things that he admires that he wants to put his own spin, but saturate. He saturates the things that he loves with the things that he loves. Like it's just an yep. overload. It's like yep, over the top, incredible, always incredible editing. Like he is, yeah. it is throughout. He is kind yeah. of. I remember us when we were talking about Baby Driver, just how meticulous he was. Because I think isn't Edgar Wright who's like we don't really get off script too much. Like yeah. he doesn't really want to get too. Which is funny because when you right. have Michael Cera and <laughs> Sean uh, uh, Peg. What wait, wait no is that did I say his name? Simon. Sean Peg Simon Peg. Simon Pegg. Right, yeah. yeah. When you have guys like that that are in your movies that kind of yeah. do some stuff off the cuff at times, you know, Kevin Spacey even, you know, it's, it's just sure. kind of a, he does do unpredictable stuff, huh? He does. Jeez. But yeah, I think, I think Edgar Wright is the, there's gotta be a, a more eloquent term than love letter writer. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna retroactively change the wording of my super pump cause you've worded it better than me. Essentially everything you just said, Edgar Wright's also my super pump. I love him. But th- to, to me, it's more just like this movie and the way that it presents itself, um, things that are on screen, the random Bill Hader narrator voice, all of yeah. the different sound effects, the cuts, the—I mean, this movie as a whole package. But Edgar Wright's influence, more than anything, um, is my super pump. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and climb on
1: board that train with you, Carter. I mean, it's just wow. So it's it's those kinds of things. The narrator, the onomatopoeia on screen. Think like the '60s Adam West Batman. Those are sound your super dunks. Yeah. No, there. Uh, uh, I got into a deep Wikipedia hole for about an hour and a half after watching mm. this movie recently. Mm-hmm. This time, that that uh, it's all about how those types of things, and then the framing that is intentionally created to look like a comic book. This is based on a graphic novel, and so we keep a lot of those. Types of framing and those types of tools, this is heralded as one of the best examples of a transmedia narrative. A media that is a narrative that is acutely aware of what it is, and then pulls in things from other styles of storytelling and doesn't say, hey, this is a video game movie, or hey, this is a comic book movie, or hey, this is an onomatopoeia movie but it just blends together all these different types of media that we're already familiar with to create a new right. thing. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that Wikipedia hole, if you're interested, it's linked on the Scott Pilgrim versus the world Wikipedia page. A lot of it was over my head. It's far more academic than I think say we lot. would ever want to talk about on two chunks because it's not very funny or fun to listen <laughs> to, but it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah.
2: He is like... No, yeah. and that's a great point too. Edgar Wright is... He is a multi-sport athlete to me. Like he is just right. jumping from genre to genre and kind of coming in and can make arguments that he's doing certain things better than people who have hung their identity on. Like right. he's a better Zack Snyder. Like he he made a comic book <laughs> into a movie yep. much better than what we saw with things like uh, Sin City and um, that's not even Zack Snyder, is it? What did Zack Snyder do that was a straight rip from... Like he was trying to do frame for frame. I know. Sucker yet- punch, Watchmen. Yeah, or Watchmen, or anything like that. Like he's just, even visually, there's there's moments visually that are so much more creative to me,
1: and interesting than some of the stuff well, that we're I've, pulling I've seen from magic. so many different things. <clears throat> yeah, like it's, it's, so so many like the all the anime framing of these fights. You know when they're just flying through the air and there's like colored blurs behind just them. Just amazing. Just never ever that's the thing this is the probably the most unique movie that I have ever seen there's <laughs> nothing that's even a little bit like this yeah
2: yeah it's it's a it's so fun it's a beautiful mess it's um even the Seinfeld I mean we blatantly right that is the Seinfeld music yeah they got the rights for that yeah. we blatantly spend about 90 seconds in a Seinfeld sitcom and it's that's so I, funny yeah it's uh while I don't think you can do this, Oh, you couldn't you couldn't do this without Michael Sarah. I think I almost Correct. I almost super pumped the ensemble cast. I think any everybody in this movie, dude. Kieran Culkin was oh, he's amazing. Upon my he's super so pump, everybody so in this times. movie does so well. But I I do want to go ahead and get my super dump out too. I don't like Scott Pilgrim the person. No, yeah, no. I d- I don't like I don't like that he wins. Like I don't that yeah. was that's what was so interesting to me is like I'm having a blast, but he doesn't does. This is sounds so awful. Narratively, it doesn't feel like he deserves any of the good things that happened to him. Right. No. <laughs> he doesn't I think that's deserve intentional, but I am with Right. You. But he, uh, maybe if it's intentional, maybe I shouldn't be super dumping. I don't I don't want no, to super it's okay. dump on something that's intentional. But I don't I love Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim. I don't like the character that he's playing. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's tough because I think He's different. so selfish. We just talked about Loki yesterday, right? Like we're we're not supposed to like Loki. But I do like Loki. You know You're what I'm right. saying? Like there's there's yeah. qualities to him that I'm like, you know what, man? I see glimpses. I see glimpses of you deserving this. Specifically when Scott, and we're supposed to be frustrated at him, but when he's just on Ramona's case about not telling him about these seven exes, what a little whine. I'm, like I'm just like, He's just so possessive in a way that's very gross. uh, Yeah, I'm just out. And part of the reason I was really trying to hold back earlier on is the dating of the 17-year-old and how disrespectful (laughs) our our protagonist is to women. (laughs) Just in general, it's just awful. And he shouldn't get Ramona in the end. Like, he shouldn't get anybody. He should be alone. Uh, I just don't like Scott Pilgrim. But I also yeah. love yeah. the movie Scott Pilgrim. It's right, just a, right. it's sure. a funny experience.
3: Dude, and, the yeah.
2: scene where he confronts Nega Scott as, and then they walk oh out goodness. of the building together and he's yes. like, they got this crazy French toast. And he goes, <laughs> what does he say? He's like, "He's like,
1: oh, I'm liking that. <laughs> Nega he's a cool Scott. guy, we're
2: going to get brunch. <laughs> uh,
1: did y'all? So that's a very, very like... Video. This whole thing is, but I feel like Nega Scott is the video gamest thing like of all. Dark the, Link. Se- yeah. the secret final boss. Mm-hmm. Uh did y'all's wives watch with you? Mm-hmm. Are they are they video game folk? Or are they they perhaps an immigrant to the to the kingdom of video games? Callie has been through enough with me to get most of this stuff. That's the mo- the Nega Scott is the moment that. Totally, totally was not for Jess. Oh yeah, she was like, "Can you explain? Why is he gray?" I was like, "Well, in video some so sometimes you have to fight yourself." And she was like, <laughs> "I don't think I understand that." And I was like, "So you know Dark Link?" And she was like, "Oh no." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> um, well, it's kind of him, but the v- ba- uh, evil version of it." Yep, I literally said
2: it's like Dark Link, and Kelly was like, "Oh yeah."
1: Yeah. Because we've played ocarina of time, so that sure. helps. Chelsea, for sure. Chelsea,
2: uh, though I, this Chelsea and I have seen this movie together before, though are the most recent time it wasn't together. Uh, but I think she just has uh, a certain awareness of her interests that she wa- she <laughs> won't even like. She, she won't even ask.
1: She won't even ask. <laughs> she's like she's like yeah. this answer is not for I me. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't even care. So, yeah. Jess watched with me and had a no idea what this was. Had a no like she, idea. She had a no idea. It's what a me, this was. Scott
2: Pilgrim.
1: No oh, idea. Really? Uh and so it was like <laughs> when we started the Bollywood fight, uh when he started singing, she looked at me, she was like, hey, real quick,
2: what, what is, is this, this <laughs> movie? <laughs> you mean when when he fights Chivrang, Cece's fiance yes. from New Girl? That's yep. who it so was. <laughs> So good, dude. His email, his email. It's come to my attention that we will be fighting soon. Oh my and then goodness! Scott, that's so great. When Scott great. does the, it's, it's, it's boring. boring. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. So boring. <laughs> dude, the the
1: editing. Yes, the the Bollywood fight scene. Like, man, that's the moment where it really breaks for me. Where it like. Not in a bad way. I'm not saying it's right. gets bad there, but that's the moment where it just fully is like, hey, this is going to be weird. It's just about try to be to a just wild enjoy ride.
2: It. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, even before that, you st- you see a little bit, even though Edgar Wright, uh, the theme here is that he continues to kind of like dabble in things and do them in the top tier of anybody who's ever done them. Yeah. But like yeah. doing the stylized...
1: Uh, words sure, we on the get screen. All We've of seen the words. stuff like we that the, before. We've seen… We get the P-bar. We get the music from the, sure. the fairy fountain while I he's going to the I think about the bathroom. P-bar a lot. Did you appreciate Dude, there's, there's
2: Zelda fairy fountain music like four times in this movie. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we we get that a lot. But you're right. There, the, At that moment, it's like, okay, this is… This is going to be …a completely weird. different experience. And I love yeah. that we don't really even address too much except like sarcastically… Like it's not in his mind. He's not imagining these things are actually no, it's happening. Yeah, actually yeah. happening, and there's yeah. people. Right. There's just people watching. Yeah, and it feels like our. Uh, it kind of feels like our guide is Culkin's character, right? Like it yeah. almost feels like he's always there. He's kind of funny. It's it's funny. He's kind of like this master <laughs> Jedi in a sense of like. Yes. You're right. Have you thought of this? Have you tried that? Have you done this, <laughs> Scott? Yes. Look out! It's that one guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So maybe, maybe this is all a video game that Kieran Culkin is playing. (gasps) I'm in. And maybe Ferris Bueller is a figment of Cameron's imagination. Oh my goodness gracious. There are so many
2: directors that you can watch their movies. Especially when they have like… Edgar Wright is funny because you know… Even though so many of his movies are so different… Like you can feel it. Like you know exactly that that, that's him. You could say like this is a Spielberg… This is a Villeneuve. This is a, uh, you know, Del Gorbo. Um, Diego. But there's something about <laughs> an Edgar Wright movie that feels like no one else could come close. Yeah. Right. Right. I think so. Uh, because there can be, like, I, I can imagine you watching something and being like, okay, they're trying really hard to make a movie like Nolan would. Uh, sure. Yes. Or, man, they really are leaning in on this whole Spielberg thing right now. They can't do it. Don't touch it. But I don't think... Who's going to try? JJ. Who's going to try to do an Edgar Wright movie? I can only... Like, in terms of pacing, uh, Guy Ritchie feels like someone yeah. who has a quick, yeah, maybe. funny, witty pace like this, but it's not
1: as... Maybe a Shane Black could get us sort of tied. Shame it's Black, not
2: as tied to a narrative. It's not as tied to a feeling
1: as It's not Edgar fully integrated in the transmedia way of like... Like Baby Driver even is a great example of like every scene choreographed to the song he's listening to, yeah. to dancing through the street in the opening and the lyrics are showing up on set. Like it's just, nothing is that fully integrated.
2: The closest I can think of, and it's not that close, just the closest that I can think of is Taika Waititi, sort of how his movies have mm. a, a general feel throughout the whole thing and you feel very mm-hmm. unapologetic for what they're doing. Um, it's not the same thing necessarily, but I think I mean, it is might the same
1: uniquity though. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a very specific flavor and signature on each movie.
1: Yeah. May I super pump. Yeah. I'd love that. We haven't said anything good about this movie. I think I, I don't <laughs> want to change that. It's Michael Sarah. Okay. I absolutely, absolutely, undyingly love Michael Sarah. In every single thing. I, there's just something about him that is unique to me that makes him the funniest person for me to watch. <laughs> like, there's nothing that he does that I don't think is the funniest thing in this movie. You know, he's he, got great timing. I feel like he… Oh my god! I feel like Michael Sarah is the poster
2: child for uh, a character type. I feel like when Superbad sure. came out… Uh, and then, obviously, he gets the beautiful runway that is Arrested Development. But sure, yes. I think… I can't think of it's like, yes, there's always gonna be some proof of like, well, there was someone before him, but there was Michael Sarah owns awkward in the movie business. He owns uh he's got an absolute finger on it. And other people have obviously done awkward. That, you know, that tends to be charm of a lot of protagonists in right. In movies, inside characters, but I really, yeah, he owns it. I don't think anybody does it like Michael Sarah does.
1: Completely, completely agree. Nobody else. In the same way that nobody can do what Edgar Wright's doing here, I don't think anybody can do what Michael Sarah is doing here. The closest, honestly, that I think I've ever seen is Kyle Mooney with his sort of awkward right, character right. that he can do. That's, that, that feels like a caricature of Michael Sarah, though. You know, it's it like but, it's it's awkward in a similar way, but it doesn't feel. Like, Michael Sarah usually feels like a real person I could know. And yeah. Kyle's feels like That's it, a right? caricature of somebody. Mm-hmm.
2: Michael Sarah's brand of on-screen awkward is not the quirky LOL, I'm-so-random type awkward. It's not It's not awkward because they say, like, out-of-context weird stuff and we're supposed to be like, yeah. ha they're so quirky and random. Like, his awkwardness comes from mannerism and the way <laughs> that he speaks. And he's not yeah. like that in real life. Like, mm. like. That is just an incredible acting job. It's not just like he's just being Michael Sarah. Like, yeah, Michael Sarah is a real person, like a normal yeah. dude. That could be a, yeah. just incredible. That could be a fun character analysis of like go find manifestations of like feelings and put that yeah. put the actor to the feeling because it's like Michael Sarah is awkward. Steve Buscemi is slimy. It's like there's like I'm yeah. trying to think of other people that can just own a feeling about something. Personify an adjective. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's so fun. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I agree with you. And that's why I was having such a hard time with like, not a hard time with my super dump felt like no super dump has. <laughs> right. Because I absolutely love Michael Sarah. And this feels like if I was to ever I'm just gonna cheat and say there's a tie. I, I can't put it above arrested development, nor can I put his character in arrested development above this performance. I feel like I just want to say they're the they tie in terms of how much I enjoy them. Right. Um, But yeah, it's it can't happen without him. Right. I can't touch a piece of bread without in my brain thinking, bread makes you fat? <laughs> this movie has burned several of those things onto yep. my medulla oblongata. Yep. Can we take a moment mm-hmm. uh, and talk about this movie lost money?
1: So dumb. Yeah.
2: This movie lost worldwide… Uh, almost, I mean, look at the cast. Almost, almost twenty million dollars.
1: I mean, I feel like this is the definition of sort of a cult following. Yeah, it where it's like this is. is not for very many people, but for the people that it is for, it's, it's exactly like for them.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and I guess that's what cult following.
2: I guess some definition to that can be: it just didn't do well in theaters, right? Because I guess there's also cult followings for things that did well in theaters. I don't know. Other cult Is movies under him, the assumption
1: that a can cult cult you have a cult movie, following for something that didn't do good in, theater, right. that did I, do well in theaters? that's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't like think Avengers I don't think doesn't you, have a cult following. People just like it. Just it just has a following. A, yeah, yeah. It just have cult. It just has cults. People that it
2: would just die has for cults. It. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I think um, I guess other cult movies that we've done have been movies like uh, almost anything Jake Gyllenhaal touched. Um Donnie Darko, Nightcrawler. Princess Bride. Felt like it a little bit. Yeah. Princess Bride just ages well. Yeah. But I think Scott Pilgrim had a re release in theaters. I was trying to, did it. uh, A lot of the times, uh, there is unfortunate release dates for movies. I think when uh, the movie theaters begin to get really crowded, especially now, you know, you look at the summer, uh, there's like, uh, it used to just be summer blockbuster, but now there's summer and fall. And then Black Panther came in February several years ago, and it's like, well, everything's on the table. A blockbuster could be released at any time. So I tried to do some research in 2010. It's like, what even? What around 2010 was happening uh, hmm. that that maybe could have overshadowed? There was not really anything the same month as when Scott Pilgrim was released. Scott Pilgrim was Wasn't released. Inception that year too. Inception, Toy Story 3 you know there was shutter island there were yeah. some
1: bigger definitely bigger movies and obviously Leo did inception and shutter island in the same year uh huh jeez who gave him permission that's wild i know big time but wasn't that also iron man 2 that year
2: probably mm, yeah. i think so yeah so it was yes it wasn't as crowded as we might see things today but that's because that was a decade ago
1: but yeah
2: yeah, yeah i was i was really surprised to see that it it didn't make and that's a lot of that is uh, you have a better chance of losing money if you spend a lot of money. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it is a 60 sure. million it is a 60 million dollar movie, which at that time was uh I think the most uh Edgar Wright ever had budget wise. Mm. Wow. Um and probably 20 right. million of that went to the rights of using the base riff from Cybert. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine Jerry got a lot of but, money for that. Yeah. Probably. Um, I have an interesting discussion that I'd like for us to enter into, but first we do
1: have to go. Oh man, what a, what a sequel tease I know The Podboys will return <laughs> In the second half of this one <laughs> This one's shot
2: outs so that's the new Shout announcements theme song. If you haven't heard it yet, wow. uh, we worked so hard on the theme song to the, the main show that we just didn't have time to work on the Shout announcements theme song. This so that's is all, we got. all the juice we had that's left. That's all we got. But you know, it's, it's still good. It's still <laughs> good. People, a lot of people are really loving it. Um, look, we got some cool stuff in the hopper. The hapa. The hapa. Look, I want to cordially invite you. Yes, you, dear listener, to join us On Patreon. Why? You're probably asking why. Carter, tell them why. Well, there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, The cheapest reason why, which is only $3 a month, Mm -hmm. is to catch bonus episodes. We actually have a handful of bonus bonus. episodes. Some of the bonus. The great thing about like the $3, and I'm not trying to encourage you to like wait for 10 years and then join our $3 level. But the cool thing about it is that $3 becomes more and more valuable. So like say you've never been on Patreon. As soon as you spend that $3, you're unlocking the Two Chunks vault. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of episodes waiting for you. So if you've blown mm. through our 300 plus episodes, there's even… <laughs> First off, take a break. Go outside. <laughs> yeah. Are you Unless okay? Been listening outside. Are you in okay? Which case, cool. uh, there's, there's even more waiting for you. And uh, Summer of Love, as we're going through this, you're like, you know what, Scott Pilgrim, I, I don't know if that would have been my pick. Um, you found out maybe you get to vote on these certain series. There's actually some pretty massive influence that mm-hmm. our Patreon members have yeah. with that second vote. We have seen that second vote, specifically within our two most recent series, make the difference between whether or not we talk about a movie. It really has. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to have a little bit of that extra influence that maybe your local government can't give you <laughs> with just the one vote that you're born with, here's two. chunks two. and a hunk. Here's Better two. than the
1: local government. Better than the local government. <laughs>
2: Uh, And then the next level up is something that's becoming more and more special uh, as we're creating, really getting to curate a community uh, of those extra chunky ones out there. For $2 more per month, you get to join our Discord chat, um, which has several wonderful channels in it. Uh, Something that uh, used to be alive is now dead, and hopefully it stays that way. Uh, over there in Patreon, like really big time stage that you're way. just invoking its name right now is all you're doing. You're just invoking mm. its I am presence. invoking its name. Um mm. but if you want to come over and have some conversations there, listen, uh I am so uh in love with the fandom of two chunks and a hunk. I yeah it has become that Discord channel recently has become a source before my normal sources tell me about <laughs> yes, new things. That's true. Isn't that that's fun? True. Real. It's like and we've kind of tapped into this community and They're this like web us. of people that got the scoop before I do. I thought the coolest part of Patreon was going to be us getting to talk to the patrons. What I'm learning so quickly is that my favorite part is that it's just functioning as like a group chat for people that love movies. Yeah, it's and real fun. it's making me really, really happy. But every conversation is interesting too. Because it's yes. like you don't even have to be actually a part of the conversation. You can just be a viewer and, and really get a lot out of that content. Big I'm, time. It, yeah, it's been a great, so for that $5 a month, so that means if you already are a patron at the $3 level, uh, it's not even the same commitment that you had at the beginning. It's le- it's $2 more uh, to reach that next level. But mm-hmm. yeah, we've got but, uh, even more special stuff planned uh,
1: in the future. Anybody, yeah, anybody yeah, want to tackle lo- ta- that ta- You know ta- what, what? That we're seems planning. uniquely tailored to my skill set. Take us to the bridge, you know? That we're doing. Well, as you know, it's time for love. It's time for love. Time Time. is the key word here. We're watching Loki right now show all about time. And if there's one thing that I know about time, it's comprised of three parts. That's the past, the present, and the future. Now, let's say hypothetically I hopped in a fast car and drove really fast all the way to the past. Where would I need to go? I would need to go back to the future, to get Dang. home. So nice. for Patreon, we're trying something a little new, a little funky, a little fresh. We're going to be uh, embarking on a little Back to the Future series over on Patreon. So if you love the timeless temporal antics of Doc Brown and Marty McFly, the only way to hear us talk about those is over on Patreon. And and you can uh, get those bonus episodes if you're part of the $3 a month tier, the part of the $5 a month tier, uh, those will be a little bit of an intermittent release schedule. Not going to promise every week, but I'm also not going to promise only one a month. We might do more, might do less. You'll just have to hop over there and find out. But we will be talking about Back to the Future for our bonus episodes Uh, for the next few bonus episodes. So I'm super duper excited about that.
2: Yeah. It would and if be you wanna a hear real it... Biff move not to get mm. on our See, Patreon, I don't even get you know? that. I don't even know that reference. Mm. Yeah, yeah you if you want to hear me here. experience these classics for the first time because i've never seen them yeah uh, that'd be, i honestly might be can't worth. believe that Oh well never seen them
3: Are i'm you still not watching still,
2: them no i'm still not gonna watch them for patreon so that'll be good fun. don't yeah i think it's better yeah. that way cool
4: support for this podcast and the following message come from coriant
0: I'd like to enter into a discussion. Great,
1: awesome. That's why I'm on I this w- call. I woke up ready for this. Let's pick this any is of them. Just let I, start what I put on my calendar
2: today. Oh, okay. No. So I, I'm, I'm so glad Scott Pilgrim made this list. I'm so glad we got to watch it and talk about it. I love this movie. Is this a romance movie? And I'm not saying it doesn't belong here. I'm just yeah. saying, is this a romance movie?
1: It's. Tricky to me because the yeah. whole time I was watching this, I was like, "Man, I wish we'd saved this for a video game, movie, series." <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, technically, yes. I mean, I we mean, that, put it on the list for votes, so we did. Obviously, yeah, no, we, we thought it belonged. We only to. have ourselves to blame. Uh, I think that's related to my super dump. I I promise I'm not going to grab the steering wheel from you and take us in two different a direction. But can I super dump right now? Do it. Sure, sure. My super dump is how. And get ready. I'm about to sound like an old grandpa. How disrespectful this movie is. (laughs) It's just incredibly disrespectful. It's wearing its
2: hat backwards and skateboarding through the local park
1: sleeves in church and no belt. Um, (laughs) No, but it's like, it's kind of, it's like pretty disrespectful to Knives Chow, uh, both about her age and her race. It's like pretty disrespectful about uh, about Kieran Culkin's sexuality and and stereotypes in some ways that are maybe not awesome. But I think the, the crux of where the disrespect lies is that Ramona is a prize to be won. Right. Uh, which just sucks. And I think that would be the thing that would make me say, hey, it's not a romance movie because mm. she's a stuffed animal in a claw machine. She's not a person who will make her own choice. It's kind of a gross conquest movie. Yeah. It's kind of nasty in that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I the, see phrase, that the phrase, the uh, phrase, I remember when it was big to talk about this um, a while ago. It, the manic pixie dream girl.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: It was a big thing to talk about. I'm not sure that she is truly that. I think there's some criteria there that she doesn't necessarily meet. Um, like, I think they're supposed to be kind of flawless. Like, I feel like that's a little more like summer from 500 Days of Summer. Yes. Um, you know, that kind of thing. But just sort of this this larger-than-life only exists to become a goal for the main character. Yes. Um, and and she, I mean, I love the explanation of why she doesn't have much agency with the chip in her the back of her neck. I feel like that's almost making fun of itself in a self-aware kind of way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I agree with you. The romance is hard to exist considering one of them is with a 17-year-old high schooler
1: and the other is with just sort of this idealized trophy in Scott's mm-hmm. brain. Sure. I mean, she's yeah, a do, prize at the end of a video game.
2: Yeah. That's what I was yeah. going to say. That just, it's Peach. It's Zelda. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. I think what made this a, and again, we we make our own rules out here. What made this a romance uh, option, like a romance movie, was the central part of the narrative was…
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. That. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: But… I agree. That's a good, good I, I question. Agreed. I was just curious… An which, interesting which, question. Yeah. Because it is so um, different to every other romance movie on this list. Like, completely different. Yeah. Um, and so, I was just interested to see kind of where we landed on its placement. Um, I'm
1: so glad but, we got to talk about it. Yeah. I, absolutely. I, like, had… Really had no hopes of ever watching this or fitting it in because it's so unique. Like, yeah. Like, where do you put this with other movies to, me, to make sense of it? Yeah. Yeah. When Ramona
2: pulls the giant hammer out of her tiny purse, I giggled.
1: It's very good. Very so good. Fun. And
2: the fight scene where she swings Scott's body so that he's not the one punching her girlfriend. Yeah. Her? Who is also his girlfriend from Arrest Egg. Development. Egg. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> her? <laughs> hey, we got. The, we have
1: the best joke about her is in the worst season of Arrested Development in season four, when she gets married at the church, and the church's logo is a shepherd's crook, and it's the Church of the Holy Eternal Resurrection, and they have H E R question mark in the background of her like H oh E R shepherd's gosh. hook question mark in the background of her wedding. That's the best <laughs> joke in the
2: worst season. That's so funny. <laughs> um, we've we've got two captains. Yes. In this movie. <laughs> yes, we do. That's a lot of fun. I love how
1: small of a role Chris Evans has. I know. My dude, I almost super pumped the extremely weird way that Chris Evans is holding his eyebrows in every scene <laughs> of this movie. It is so funny. He he felt like he was having some of the most fun. Oh of my god. Any of the actors. It's gotta be a joy to play that role. But
2: yeah. The fact that like he just the creative ways in which we I love like an epic of like. Here's how I beat this foe, and here's how I beat this foe, and yeah, because it. it is very video gamey, but in totally. really unique ways. After I mean, our first fight, Max Patel was like an actual fight. I think that yeah. and Gideon are kind of like the only fights, like the only Scott like got earned the power of s- self respect. Yes, yeah, it's just so <laughs> so good, but yeah, Chris yeah. Evans with the doubles and grinding, <laughs> uh, like all the way down can this incredible. Do, I don't know, know kind of why thingy when he's on walking, that rail. <laughs> Can you do a you grind thingy? Do the <laughs> you can Dude. tell Edgar Wright trusts Michael Sarah so much. Yes, yes, because yes. he gives him like the full screen. Like he is, he is everything. Yep, yes, a guy who can do whatever he wants editing wise and and through cinematography just decides to give you the screen like it's a, a monologue in Les Mis. Like <laughs> yep. This dude trusts the yeah. heck out of this kid, Absolutely. and I, and I love it. The, the when cuts Chris in that Evans... same scene of the wow, the back and forth, like <laughs> he just keeps going, just, wow, wow. <laughs> like his throat is closed completely. So yeah, let's. This is actually a perfect time. We haven't discussed a lot of the the humor specifically in this movie. Um, when when the editing. And the script and the performance are all fighting for my favorite thing about the comedy. That's a pretty magical delivery. like, oh yeah, yes. It, the, all of our cuts from scene to scene, the way that we choose to use the words on screen and the visual elements, uh, the performances of our characters, the actual script itself are all so funny that I genuinely don't feel like I can decide on what the best thing is, yeah for me. Every, everything is such a influential player in an Edgar Wright movie. Yep. Yes. The camera, the music, everything is. Uh. Yeah. It's. We've talked before about like I wish the soundtrack could have been nominated for best supporting actor. You know, or right. like I wish. Yeah. The, the cinematography could be a best supporting actress, or like because it just plays such a. And again, it feels literal. Like yes, of course the camera plays the, a role in the making of a movie. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the the thoughtfulness. And that's why I think I'm calling it a love letter. Like the thoughtfulness of
1: Edgar Wright is right. everywhere. Yeah, Maybe that's the romance. There it is. <laughs> that's the be, romance. Between we Ed it. and video games. We, we could be. It? Uh, this it is the only be. movie I can think of that's shot in Toronto and admits that it's shot in Toronto. Toronto oh, yeah, often doubles for New York City, uh, like downtown Toronto does. We get a nod to that whenever he's thrown through that. Paper backdrop of the Chris Evans movie that's New York City, and he's thrown through, and it rips and reveals the Toronto skyline. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so that's I really appreciated that. A lot of movies are shot here, but this is the only one that has the courage to to admit that it's shot call here. Call it Toronto. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and he even says at one point he's like, "They shoot movies in Toronto." Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, and so. The scene at the party when he realizes that Ramona is American and he like idolizes the fact that she's American. Yeah, um, we get a lot of nods to like the Canadianness of what's happening here. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but his I, drawing of Ramona, dude, looks like this. Oh, oh does she look like? Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> and Reminds the guy the knows leprechaun the, in Mobile, Alabama. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy knows exactly who he's talking about too. Yes. Um, the performance. <laughs> Uh, by hold on, I don't know her name off the top of my head. Give me a second. Relax. Jeez, Ellen Wong,
1: knives, Chow. Um, hey, she does a great job. She's so she's, good. She does a great job.
2: The when she's she's the two out. She's and she's the on two the B for me. She's the two B. She's behind Kiernan, and and Kieran. Michael Sarah. Kieran, yeah. Kiernan I, just, I, I, Who would have thought that I would have leaned in more than their parents did to the Irishness of the Colkin brother name? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no kidding, Kiernan. Kiernan Kiernan. Mick, Mick <laughs> O'Kiernan. <laughs> um, I also want to say that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is fantastic in pretty much everything I've seen her in. She's Correct. still very underrated. She's managed to stay underrated.
1: I agree. I think, yeah, I think so too.
2: I mean, after uh, Sky High, who could? But if, I'm yeah, also right. realizing this very well may have been the first movie I ever saw Anna
1: Kendrick in. I think I saw I before I knew who she was. Oh, I, yes. Yeah,
2: no, for me is did did, did Twilight come out before this?
1: Oh, she was you Twilight, wasn't. She? You know what it did. You know what it did. She also first forgot the yeah. in Twilight. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean I didn't see it when it came came out so this was still probably the first time I saw her and knew who she was. Yeah,
2: I mean there's not really a reason to cover that. Up. Like you don't have to lie about that.
1: Like you don't have to lie I was there. I was in the there. seat. I was shirtless painting myself with body glitter to be like one of the vampires.
2: <laughs> By the way if y'all are new to Two Chunks like new as in like uh, you've joined within the last year and missed our Twilight series definitely go listen back. to that. Definitely Shout out. Definitely that, was have, that was some of the most fun I've had on this podcast was the Gosh, Twilight series. Can I be real real honest? Can I be really honest? Yeah. God, Twilight again? Mm-mm. It's just chance. so bad. It's Not so bad chance. that it's 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 fun.
3: Yeah, this Not was this chance. was
2: uh, <laughs> t- two years before Kendrick had done Twilight two years before. Oh my God,
1: hang on, Carter, Stark say that over. again because Jordan Kierna, passed away while you were saying that. Uh, hang on, I
2: breathed. I, br- Karen had Anna Kendrick, two thousand eight was Twilight.
1: Okay, uh, so two years so, before,
2: two years before, I breathed some sort of. Foreign substance.
1: Wait, we're going to keep all that in?
2: No, we don't have to keep any of it in. I, <coughs> Dude, <coughs> it feels like I breathed a bug.
1: If you keep coughing that hard, you're going to die and turn into coins. I think so. And I will spend you here at the airport in Sin City.
2: <sighs> Whew. Anna's launch pad would be pitch perfect, I would argue.
1: Yes, I agree. Oh, Which would be two certainly. years
2: two two years after Scott Pilgrim. So one could yes. almost argue Shh. that beyond voice acting, not a ton since. You know, she's you've got comedy yeah. since then. Noelle. She, she's done Noel. She did um Mike and Dave's wedding day. The yeah. one with Blake Lively. The uh Oh, yeah, that's right. The deal. No, no. Simple the, It kind of makes fun of Gone Girl. Yeah. Yeah. A simple yeah. favor. Yeah. You know, it's there's… Yeah, she's done some stuff. I, I feel there. like she, she is… There. I feel like she is more talented than the job she is receiving. Yes. I agree. Hmm. I, I'm I always agree. pretty impressed with her. Oh, uh, this might have been my first Ari Plaza, though. I was just about to ask about that. Was this pre-Parks and Rec? No. No? No. Yes, it was. No. You're saying that without knowing it. 2010 is Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Parks and Rec started in, it's I believe, nine, 2008 huh? or nine. Is that what IMDb says? Because it's usually pretty decisive. 2009. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Let's find somebody that it was a first for us.
1: Um, it was my first Kiernan oh, McCulkin. No, it wasn't. He's in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I've never seen that one. That's a lie. It is not a lie. You've never seen Home Alone 2? I've never seen Home Alone 2. I've seen Home Alone 1. But I just felt the story was over. So I didn't watch Home Alone 2. Oh, it's not over.
2: Here's the thing, Chunkies. For all the times in our lives that, especially, I think we have all we were all known as movie people before we had a movie podcast. So for as many times as we get irritated when someone's like, you haven't seen that, we do it to each other all <laughs> oh, the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Time. We do it to each other all the time. We do it a lot. Um, can we talk about Jason Schwartzman for a second and how he's always good in everything?
1: This was my first Jason Schwartzman. There you go. That's fair. Tell me why it wasn't now. Tell me what I've watched that he's in before this. Did you see know. Rushmore? No. Okay. No. I actually, don't I'm not going to try. I don't even think we ever should have built that. That land didn't belong to us. <laughs> That's true.
2: <laughs> That song, that song. I love that song. It's like, this land is your land. This land is your land. This land yeah. is your land. But we're yeah. gonna take it. You know, because we're yep. monsters. Anyway, yep. um, <laughs> Jason Schwartzman, I think is funny in everything I've ever seen him do.
1: Do you guys think Vector from Despicable Me was modeled after Jason Ooh. Schwartzman? Because you can't convince me that he wasn't. And I did accidentally just call him Jason, Schwarzman. Jason, Jason Schwarzman. Schwartzman. Jason
2: uh, Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman.
1: Wait, he's not Princess Diaries, right? That's the other Schwartzman. Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries. Schwartzman. Are you thinking of Anne Hathaway? <laughs> oh, I get them confused a lot. You're probably thinking of Anne Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason Jason Schwartzman is the one in Les Miges. Le Mige? Yeah, yeah he, plays, he sings I Dreamed a Dream. He sings I Dreamed a Dream. He won an Oscar oh, for
2: it. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anne Hathaway plays Gideon in this movie. Get out. Yeah.
2: No, that's no, Daniel not Kaluuya. That movie.
1: That's Daniel Kaluuya and Allison Williams. Bradley Whitford. Hold up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Robert Schwartzman, his brother. His younger brother. is Michael.
1: Wait, really? Moskovitz. Wait, we've done this. Uh-huh. We've had this conversation. Wait, oh, we have.
2: really? Yes. <clears throat> they look… Identical,
1: yeah, they do. Mm. Wow, yeah. okay, yeah, So, yeah, yeah, Jason
2: yeah, yeah. Schwartzman, that's
1: he looks Robert. like Ashton
2: Kutcher and he Jason looks like Schwartzman Ashton Kutcher had Kutcher a babe, in that picture a wee babe. 100%. So, Jason Schwartzman n- neither fixes cars nor plays guitar, hmm. right? Hmm. Or eats MMs off of keyboards, yeah, and that's, he is that's great. That's Jason Schwartzman, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, that was a, for those of you listening and not watching, so oh, everybody that's not us. Which is that, all of you. That was just an IMDb image of Mandy Moore. We still, we have to have stuff just for us, you know? Yeah. Like, Sorry, yeah. take that I'm actually out. Gonna, Nobody needs
1: I'm going to delete when you explained <laughs>
2: what that was. That's just for me. That's just us. That's, that's just, just for y'all. Now it's not special. Um, It is time to rate this movie. What? I know it. Is there something else you need to get off your chest real quick? No, I need to rate the movie. Okay.
1: Well. Yeah, I need to.
2: Uh, we're going to rate it using science. Uh, it's perfect because it's the scientific cinema scale and it goes a little something like this. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it.
1: Buy, buy that poster.
2: poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it and last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. As much as I think that Scott Pilgrim himself is gross. Sure. I think the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is one in which I would like to have the poster. Sure. I am going to buy the poster. I tend to buy the poster also for things that are a unique experience. Like while this will conjure up some feelings I've had before in the past that like make me happy and make me laugh, uh, nothing really does it quite like
1: this movie does. And so… It's a poster buy. I've noticed that about your poster buys. It's either a really great movie that I love or it's outstanding achievement that will never be replicated. Yeah. Uh, for me, although I think the central conceit of this movie uh, and the, the uh, quite literal objectification turning Ramona into an object to be won in a contest is quite yucky. The movie's fantastic. I'm going to buy the poster for this.
2: Mm. We didn't talk about Brandon Rath, and that's a shame.
1: Hey, he's always good to me. Who I think he, he, who was he? The vegan. He's the, the vegan.
2: Oh, the whole vegan scene was amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah, that was really great with the vegan police. Why did we not talk about that? The
2: vegan police. He went to the vegan academy.
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Like,
2: he's vegan. His whole thing is so great. Um, I think he's hilarious.
1: Hey, he's a great Superman. I'm going to get on here and say that. He was a fantastic Superman sure. when Superman Returns. He's also Superman in some of the Crisis stuff on CW now. Sure, anyway. sure, sure. Look,
2: I'm I'm buying the poster for this movie. Scott Pilgrim is incredible. It's got its flaws. So do I. I'd buy my Who own doesn't? poster. So <laughs> I would definitely buy the poster for this.
1: I think it it is weirdly timeless. I think it is... It is weirdly timeless, but also incredibly 2010. Yes. Big time.
2: That's so funny. Yeah, As evidenced by
1: pro- probably some of the like disrespect that I'm feeling. We didn't even talk about we get the R slur, which is something that just yeah. makes me turn inside out.
2: Yeah. I don't love that. And it's very It's very 2010 casual. though. It is it's very 2010. 2010.
1: That casual R slur makes me want to explode into a big pile of coins.
2: Yeah. I'm buying the poster for this movie. In fact, I like the poster. Sometimes that it doesn't I also play do into like the it. Poster. Yeah, it doesn't play into it, but it helps. Yeah. That's how Phantom Menace was for me. Mm. hmm Yeah. I'm dying with that. I'm gonna die with that. This is my Never Phantom Menace. My You're Scott Pilgrim is my Phantom Menace.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. That's what people say. Revenge of the Sith is your Phantom Menace. That's true. I love Revenge of the Actually, Sith. Actually, probably Attack of the Clones is my Phantom Menace. That was the first Star Wars I saw in theaters. That's so fun. I think it was also the first Star Wars I saw in theaters we've done this. We've absolutely yeah, done we this. Have a whole episode about it, I'm sure. This is a
2: retread without a doubt. Um look, that's Scott Pilgrim. That's Scott Pilgrim baby, as they say in show business. As they say in Toronto. As they say in Toronto, that's Scott Scott Pilgrim baby. Uh hope you loved it as much as we did. Let us know, jump on Discord. Let's have a discussion about it. The movie rules. Um I want to make sure that you know that we are continuing the Summer of Love for Colon Time for Love series next week. Wait. Oh, no, we got one more before it's Fast Nine.
1: We got one more before we break down for Fast Nine. You're correct. One, okay. more one more podcast sleep. One more podcast sleep. One more podcast sleep. One more sign off. Jordan, what are we talking about? Um, week? I can't remember actually. What's the next one? About time. About time. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Which I, neither of y'all have seen. Correct. Correct. I have not seen either of these last two Time for
1: Love movies. Same. Same, same. So,
2: very excited. Wow. Heard a lot of good stuff about About Time.
1: Uh, my brother remember,
2: says it's his favorite. Wow. Uh, ever? And he hates movies. Romantic movies. That's movie, crazy. At least. Oh, wow. Wow. It's very popular on our Discord channel as well. Yeah. A lot of yes. people really say and they love it. So I'm excited to watch this that is, one. This is a, probably a top five movie for my wife. Nice. It's not her favorite movie okay. ever. Okay. I'm never going to be sad about Domhnall Gleeson. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Even when he is Hux. Domhnall Gleason sounds like someone trying to say Liam Neeson that just got hit really hard in the head. <laughs> yes. My Domhnall
1: favorite Gleason, Domhnall
2: Gleeson movie where he's like, I got particular Domhnall Gleason
1: is to Domhnall Gleason is to Liam Neeson as Diego Del Gorbo is to Guillermo <clears throat> del Toro. I know.
0: They're Except the same like, universe.
1: Del Gorbo is not even a real person. That's true. Maybe. That we know of. Yeah, as far as uh, we, remember, if, remember, if you're a patron to keep your patron peepers peeped for Back to the Future, peep that those is coming. Patron peepers. <laughs> that is coming soon. I cannot in good conscience promise a date when that will arrive on your doorstep. But it ready is for your tomorrow. No, I'm just but it, is, but it is coming soon, not tomorrow, but soon.
2: But soon. Hey, a fun moment, really quick to share here live on the podcast. I searched Diego Del Gorbo. Yeah. And this was the first thing that popped up,
1: of course, it's us because Incredible. I don't know that those I don't know that those letters have ever appeared in that exact sequence outside of our brains. So and the one person at a party who told me he loved Diego del gorbo,
2: so if anybody ever <laughs> Googles Diego del gorbo, you'll find us. you'll find us. yeah, it's just exciting. Exciting. two chunks all the way down mm. Hey, so let's sign excited. off. Let's sign off. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and what our weapon would be when we earned the power of self respect. Cool. For two chunks in a hunk, my name is Jordan Wonders. And my power, when Jordan earns the power of self respect, would be the boomerang from Legend of Zelda
1: Twilight Princess, the one that has uh, a tornado with it. I like that. I'm Doge. And when I earn the power of self-respect, that power manifests as uh, a down B shield that reflects projectiles. Mm, Um, Sort of, I'm rubber, your glue bounces off me and sticks to you situation. I respect myself too much to believe any of the mean things that Gideon would say about me. Wow, that's nice. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Um,
2: my, <laughs> I'm Carter. You did get a lot of support for I that. Know, one. you guys
1: are like really proud of me. Thank you. Uh, I am Carter. To hear you say you believe in yourself.
2: And almost like a speeding heartbeat, you would start to slowly hear this like bump <laughs> but <laughs> and then I just get this hammer. Yeah, this massive yep. three yep. times my size and weight hammer, and just blindly <clears throat>
1: swing just it from violently, the waist. rock back and forth.
2: <laughs> Nothing has brought more anxiety <laughs> no. to a young Carter than someone getting a hold of the hammer in Smash Brothers. Yeah, and I'm just like run! Like you just gotta like I have to get away. Or more anger and just when you fall off the map with mm, the hammer, with
1: the hammer. Mm, this is crazy.
2: that do it do be like people that. People don't know you do be the like that. Hit button and throw that thing. That's what people don't understand.
1: From above Before that we have left this
2: time
4: I think it's time for love